Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Andrew messaged me after the last time we had a video record or meeting, and he was like, Was Gressel okay? He seemed upset. <laughs> he just seemed like tired. And I was just like, oh, I hope I wasn't like I, it was, uh, like, I was late too for that one. So I was like, oh, I hope I didn't make him mad. <laughs> Look at that smile. <laughs> no, that's just my wife. We've been together for nearly 10 years. And just the other day, she was like, are you all right? I was like, yes, I'm fine. <laughs> This has grumpy face. I am just naturally a grump ass. That is my <laughs> default setting. That is, uh, I feel like a, a stage in getting to know me is, was Russell mad at me? No, I was not. Yeah. I'm mad at everything all the time. When I worked at uh, the dining hall in college, I came to found, find out later that people didn't know my name. They just knew me as the angry kid. Oh. <laughs> so I've carried this burden for many years. I feel like I'm the inverse because I can go to a city I've never been in before and just be walking along and somebody will like walk up to me and be like, hey, do you know where this place is? And I just must be like the most approachable human. Because, you have like, like the I... Target red shirt on everywhere you go. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like if you need help, ask me. Like, that's what I get anywhere. <laughs> You're like the you're like on the poster in elementary schools. That's like ask an adult. It's your picture. <laughs> you're that and, adult, and I always feel so bad because I'm just like ah, I'm not from here. Like I'm I'm sorry. And then like I've even had an instance where like I pulled out my phone and like pulled up like maps to be like let's <laughs> find out where that street is. <laughs> I don't know the answer immediately, but I'm here to help. Yeah, exactly. That's so like, cute. Okay. I don't I don't know where I fall on that spectrum, but I do know that I uh, attract people who need to talk to someone. I remember one time I was this happens a lot at airports specifically for me, sometimes on planes, sometimes off. But the most recent one, uh, my husband and I were just like walking through a uh, just one of those like little kiosk stores at the airport. And the woman who was working there just unloaded Everything that she had been struggling with recently, everything that she had been thinking about, just like an emotional outpouring. And I I just listened, but like I had to go, we had to go onto the airplane. So I needed to stop the conversation, but really wasn't able to. I'm like, a, I'm like a accidental walking therapist for some folk. Just please, please help. Please help. 
You, I, you're going to age into that role, though, I feel like, where you're going to just be like a magical old lady then. There are people will come up to you and just be like, <laughs> you just, please. You just turn into Marjorie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. Like, weirdly, because of Marjorie, I have become such a <laughs> proponent for like old lady, old babe energy. I just want to celebrate every instance of an old lady being cool and all of the ways that old ladies are cool. This is the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to Comfort Foods, a companion series for D&D and D, where I, James Gressel, interview fun people about their comfort foods, both the delicious dishes that nourish our bodies and the art and culture that feeds our souls. Uh, this is, this is the new podcast soon to be released. Uh, your art friends, you know Beth already, and Andrew Thompson. Welcome, guys. Oh, it's so good to be, I love this podcast. I'm so excited to be on it. (laughs) <laughs> don't take my line that's my line <laughs> i'm the true fan <laughs> really really excited to have beth and andrew here we, we were just talking we started rolling uh that is the general kind of vibe that uh you're gonna get with your art friends which is coming soon we're gonna talk about that in a minute um but uh before we do that i do want to just intro you guys a little bit uh, you know Beth from uh this show. <laughs> D&D I play and sticks. I have a piece of candy. Oh my god, the candy! <laughs> uh, and um, uh, as well as all of her other stuff that she does. Uh, and too much but, stuff. But we're we're here <laughs> talking specifically about you as an artist, which is very exciting. And then Andrew, you are an artist as well. You are both professional working artists. Uh who are going to be talking very soon about what that means uh, and what, how it affects the way that you look at the world and the way that you work and all the exciting stuff that goes with being an artist, um, but in a fun, non-artist way. Like, I am not an artist. Well, yeah, you are. not that kind yeah. of artist. Maybe not a visual not artist. A visual That's how artist. I always delineate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy hearing, uh, listening to people talk. I, I enjoy listening to interesting people talk about interesting things. And you guys are that. It, um, it's a uh, really exciting, uh, fun, uh, approachable peek behind the curtain into a world that I think to a lot of us seems uh, un- unattainable or untouchable. Yeah, and that's what we're here to share. Yeah, you not, it's actually that really dumb. Fast. Yep, it's super <laughs> dumb. Art's dumb, and we love it. Which I think uh, applies to um, so your comfort food choices as well. Not to not to not to say that uh, your picks are dumb necessarily. Oh, Andrew's giggling, but uh, I think that they 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 dispel the idea. I think of the artist as this kind of like holier than thou highfalutin kind of thing that is not what we're talking about here we are talking about unrestrained creativity and what that can do to you um like (laughs) it'll change you yeah like grabbing an electric fence (laughs) (laughs) it'll fuck you up and am uh, i allowed to curse on here oh yeah fuck yeah okay cool you've listened to the show I know, but like I couldn't remember like comfort foods if if it will if you like did or not, and then I just like cursed and I was like, oh shit! I was like, I should ask. No, yeah, scare F bomb's not very comforting. F bomb makes your heart go uh, doki doki. Yeah. It was comforting. Swish and flick, because they don't swear on their show. 
So uh, I was oh. like, oh, let it go ahead and let it rip here. Uh, <laughs> we are not for kids. Even though kids do listen to the show. And then, and then I'm like, I get uh, emails sometimes like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry for the swears. <laughs> Wait, I have, a, I have a question since okay. like you said that kids listen to the show. Yeah. Do you ever get emails from the kids or is it from like parents? I get emails from kids. I have gotten emails from kids. Uh, not funny. not like super young kids, but you know, like middle school for sure. Yeah, because my the the reason I ask is my sister teaches uh, art at a middle school in Indiana, and she usually likes to show them my artwork at some point in time. And I always know when it is because I will inevitably get an email from a s- student of hers mm-hmm. that's just like it. It could be something as simple as like, "Hey, I like your art." Yep, or it's like key mashing and nothing else like yeah. just oh. just a random assortment of keys <laughs> i i do get i have gotten emails that are like from like at k.12 email addresses and uh are uh. I, I think are very much like oh you're in a computer class and they told you to send an email to somebody yep. and <laughs> you listen to the show and you've heard this email so <laughs> this is what you're doing and they are. They're like, hey, I like your show. And then that's the entirety of the email. Yeah. Yeah. That's so precious. It, it is, is nice. It is. Keep keep uh, use use the email to fulfill your uh, your class credit in your computer class. Seventh graders go have at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are here to talk. We'll talk more about comfort foods uh, or that's not y- your show. We'll talk more about your art friends. Uh, in a little bit, but I do want to get into your comfort foods because we had, uh, they're very fun, dumb uh, as they may be. They are incredibly fun. And I had a lot of fun with Andrew's food comfort food. It looked like it. I, <laughs> I, I want to start there, Beth, if you'll indulge us uh, for a moment. I, I can hold my tongue. I, I don't have to talk. No, dig in. This is. No, I, no, I can be good. <laughs> 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 you uh chose as your comfort food glazed yeast donuts from a bakery in Indiana called Long's Bakery. Uh and I could not go to Indiana and get Long's, nice. so I decided to recreate yeast and donuts uh at home. So yesterday I made donuts. I hadn't made them before. Oh nice. It was fascinating to do. It was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. They were still very bready because they were yeasted. And I, I, I wanted to start, ask you about that to start with. Did you choose these? Like, is the fact that these are yeast donuts what sets them apart over other donuts? Like, oh, oh, instead of just saying donuts, you mm-hmm. said very specifically glazed yeast donuts from this place. Describe those nuts, Andrew. Yeah, describe so- the nuts. So Long's is like this in Indiana. It's like this super well-known like bakery. And there's only two of them in Indiana. Um, And I went to high school close to one of them that was like, I could probably walk there if I wanted to at the time. But like growing up, like that was just the, like my grandpa would go get donuts and he would bring them into, he owned like this machine shop where they machined parts for different uh, purposes and and other machines and and things and sometimes as a little kid i would go over there and i would just like hang out with my mom because she was like the bookkeeper 
And so I would just like hang out in the like lunchroom and there would usually be a box of donuts and it was usually from Long's and it was more often than not filled with their yeast glazed donuts. And for me, it's really more about the glaze because like I have never experienced a donut from anywhere else that is as good as the donuts from Long's. And they're like super cheap um, and like the... Yeah, it, it's this weird, like, there's this smell that, like, if I smell it, it just immediately takes me to, like, Long's Bakery. That sense memory. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, you just described a cartoon I want to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah? Just, like, a young a young person in the Midwest whose mom does the books at, like, at Grandpa's machine, machine part yeah. shop. Yeah. And, like, My... when you're over there, you enjoy donuts that are left over by the worker. Like, what a yeah. charming... Yeah. Do you go like uh, throw rocks across the lake, skip rocks with your buddies and catch salamanders? <laughs> <laughs> did I just become a Norman Rockwell painting? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, what, what, yeah, like the real trick what? is when uh, after you ate all the donuts and you felt full, was it a problem to have to unbutton your overalls? <laughs> Yes, yes, it was. Um, and then a dog would the like stones run past me. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like my uncles worked there too, so like it was just like my two uncles, my mom, my grandpa, and then they had like one other employee there. Um, but like I would go to the back, and like sometimes I was bored, and I would watch them like machine the parts and have them on like a lathe and like slowly like shave metal off of these pieces yeah no safety goggles either i'm sure right oh no they did they did but you uh no because i would be far away like i would be like watching from pretty far away there's also like it's weird because like the donuts are definitely a comfort food but like and i was talking about like the smell of the icing or the glaze um but on a related note there's also like this specific smell of like that machine shop that like anytime I'm around like a place where they're like it's a very industrial or something like that. If I smell that, I'm just like, boom, like back at the the shop where like I would just like be sitting in the back room drawing with like leftover pieces of paper and like pencils and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the plot of the pilot of the cartoon is that you drew a picture on the back of like an important bookkeeping document but then the picture like saves the day at the end somehow ah <laughs> nice oh my gosh. Have, have, have you gone and sought these donuts out like as an adult separate from the shop or yeah oh absolutely yeah um it's it's even become this thing where like i was telling beth this like whenever i do a convention in Indiana- indianapolis I always make it a point to wake up early one day and stop at the place and get a box of donuts or like two dozen donuts and take them in and share them with my friends at the convention, which I actually have a really funny story from it was Indiana Comic Con a couple of years ago. And I came in. And so the one of the funny things about Long's is like you get your donuts and it's just in a white bakery box. There's no Mm -hmm. logo, no advertising, none, none of that. Like you see it like pretty much every other bakery. How oh, you know they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I go into the, the the exhibit hall that morning before it all opens up and I'm walking through with this just plain white box and this dude just like pops out of nowhere and he's just like, 
is that what I think it is? And I was just like, what do you think this is? And he looks at me and goes, is that longs? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh man, is there any way I can get one? (laughs) And I was just like, I was like, well, you're in here before it opens, so you're clearly a vendor. I was like, what do you sell? And he's like, oh, I sell t-shirts. And I was like, okay, where's your booth? And he's like, oh, like, see that sign over there, like row 1200. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm right there, like a few rows over in Artist Alley. I was like, if I give you a donut, can I get a discount on some t-shirts or on a t-shirt? And he was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And so I give him a donut. And then later I got like $5 off of a (laughs) t-shirt. Nice. For probably like a 90 cent donut. If that. Probably yeah. less than that, like 50 cents or something like that. Your shirt's like Mark's doobies. I love weed. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I got a Gundam wing shirt, which was almost oh. my media comfort food. <laughs> the plain box, like all that to me, when I think about donuts, like those are the real comforting donuts because like we've seen in the last few years all the like designer donuts and shit and donuts that are like six dollars a piece and everything and have mm-hmm. like half a box of cereal on top of them and all of this. But like I think the most comforting donuts when you when you think about donuts are the ones that are in a plain unadorned box that are from somewhere where you have to ask the person who brought them where they are from because that's the only way to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a, a bakery uh in sherman oaks called k's donuts k's that donuts is just an, a blank <laughs> pink box oh nice it's so unassuming yeah those are are better than most uh, probably any donut i've had in in la and it's the same kind of thing like very traditional basic donuts they have a couple of the like cereal ones and stuff like that but like the good mm-hmm. standard donut flavors like what you're talking about like just a glazed donut you know like yeah it just there's something about that soft sweet and what i really loved about these and i don't know if if longs are like this but the actual dough the actual donut absent the glaze is is not very sweet like the yeasted donuts that i made were much more bread like which i thought was fascinating and it was so good uh, it still had like that soft, you know, interior and everything and the texture of a donut with like, the, you know, just the little bit of crisp on the outside from frying and everything. But it wasn't like like a crispy cream donut that is so sweet. Are yeah. the are the longs ones a little bit are less overpowering or, or is it just or is the glaze or is their glaze like super sticky sweet or? The glaze is pretty sweet. I, I, it, the donut itself, like the the dough part of it, isn't as sweet as like Krispy Kremes, like yeah. you said. Like, like if I eat a Krispy Kreme donut, I'm like, good. I can't have any sugar the rest of the day now. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm ruined. But like Longs is just like oh, it's so good, and it's just like you could just I could just eat them like all day long. What can I ask? What the science is behind a yeasted donut and a non-yeasted donut? Because I know. Here's here's my te- uh, my my attempt here. Yeast is a living little buddy organism, and when you feed him sugar, he says, "Ah, oh, hell yeah!" and he and he puffs up and he like exudes some kind of monoxide that makes the dough rise. And so, when you bake the dough or fry the dough or uh, do something to the dough to expose it to heat, you kill off all your little buddies, and they leave little air pockets within the dough. So, a yeasted dough is going to have 
more it's going to have more aeration, whereas a non-yeasted dough won't have all of those little air pockets. I think so. I think that the like non-yeasted donuts um, probably have like uh, baking soda in them. That is mm-hmm. the ri- rising agent. So a Krispy Kreme donut has the texture of a yeasted donut, whereas an old fashioned donut is not a yeasted donut. That's one that has baking powder. And that would be the more like cake donut. Cake like. Yeah, because like mm-hmm. cake wouldn't be yeasted. Yeah, it's dense. This is a long way around to get to the point of the difference being one is more bread like one is more cake like, which should have been the more obvious. Answer I don't know. I like the science. <laughs> so this I just is fun. While, while we were searching for that stuff, I Googled Long's Bakery Donut Recipe. And the first YouTube video that pops up is Long's Bakery makes national list for best donuts. Ooh, there you go. I don't know where on the list that they make it, but they are on the list. It's a list of all donut places in the States. I was excited to talk about donuts because it lets me talk about one of my favorite foods in the history of the world, which is cider mill donuts. Oh. Cider mill donuts are more cake-like and are not yeasted. Um, is that a Michigan thing? It, yeah, that's I was going to ask. Like, you're a Midwesterner, yeah. but do you have cider mill donuts? I I've not heard of cider mill. Oh, <gasps> Andrew! My God, you Next need to time, are they in Indiana in or Ohio? You, they're close enough. Yeah, it would be this fall. It is worth the drive. Okay, I, I coming this fall. Andrew eats a cider donut. Yeah. Well, Beth, aren't you going to be like in Michigan sometime soonish? Hopefully, you can't not you can't soonish. Get them in the right summer. now, it's the summer. You can't get them. Oh, in the it's only it's only in the fall. They are okay. seasonal. They are like only the when the cider mills are making cider and and oh. and the apples are being picked and everything. And they are uh, the best thing. Um, I I think probably one of that my Michigan does. Yeah, one of my favorite foods of all time. It it, it would be high on the list of like Michigan foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think cider mill donuts would be very, very near the top, probably third. Wow! I right. think I think you've got Detroit pizza, Coney's, and then cider mill donuts would be my personal Michigan food ranking. Um, but they are much more cake-like. So uh, I but they're small. They can be. You can find some places that will make bigger ones. Um. The trick is, if you eat a dozen of them and then you get sick, it doesn't matter how big they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew, uh, a cider mill donut, it's an app. It's a donut that is made out of um, parts of the processing of, of apple cider Ooh. at okay. the cider mill. And it's coated in a sugar and cinnamon outside. So you get this like apple cinnamon cake donut. Um and growing up in Michigan, when I was a kid, like foodie culture wasn't really a thing. But one of the few places where I would stand in line to get food would be mm-hmm. at the mill to get freshly baked or freshly fried cider mill donuts. Because when they come out of the fryer and they're all warm and they're just tossed with the sugar and the cinnamon, yeah. you take a bite and it's like the crisp fall air and you're walking around looking at all the apple trees and enjoying the Bees and the wetness 
Oh, oh! <laughs> it, it's a oh. it's a remarkable thing where the 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 frying process traps that scent inside, mm-hmm. and then when you when you break into it, either with a bite or tear or whatever, that scent comes out. And this is true of all donuts. I I think like you talked about the smell uh, being such a big deal with yours, and 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 Beth, Beth is spot on. Like just the scent of that cinnamon and sugar or in the apples when you and the ones that I made yesterday did this too. Like you you break that crisp outside and then with the yeasted ones, it was this like really nice yeasty bread scent like and I put a little bit of cinnamon and nutmeg into my dough and it, it had this nice, really nice aroma. And I, I I just like I think. One of the common things that's come up so far in all these comfort conversations is smell and the way that smell triggers those memories. We mm-hmm. talked about it. Uh, you know, everybody has mentioned at some point, oh, this smell makes me think of blank, which is a good memory. Um, and, uh, you know, that in and of itself is comforting. As we talk about this, I have this like image in my head of uh, painting a scent memory from a donut. <laughs> like taking a donut, cracking it open mm. and having, uh, you know, scent lines yeah. emanate out from uh <laughs> out from the you of the donut and then like, like within donut power plant it does look like a donut <laughs> yeah. power plant i just i just drew a sketch and i showed it to my my two friends here and they told me that it looks like a power plant so uh <laughs> <laughs> it's really good art and you should trust that my career is uh, booming anyway listen to your art friends for more of this <laughs> <laughs> but like if if you drew within the scent cloud mm-hmm. that's coming out of this donut, uh, th- just the children laughing upon the field with the with the fall trees in the background and whatnot. I think mm-hmm. there's something there. I think there's like a oh, Michigan art. God, Beth, in... I would buy the fuck out of that poster. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> like, I'm gonna do it. Oh, without and then even you should contact them and be like, "Hey, want to do a partnership?" Hey, Yates Cider Mill, you want to you want a bone? Was Yates your place? Yates is now my place. Uh, I'm sad to admit that for whatever reason, I didn't have like a go-to cider mill growing up. Uh, it, it was like every couple of years we would do the mill thing and it was a great time. But since marrying my very Michigander husband, he <laughs> his dad every weekend would come home with Yates donuts. Sure, It's wow. like a big old thing. And only during the fall again. But now, whenever we go back to Michigan, it is a requirement if it's during the fall that we go to Yates. And so now that like we have Yates memorabilia, we've got mugs. <laughs> it, it's a must must visit every time. We would sometimes go to Franklin, but uh, they just had the mill. They didn't have like the orchard. So it was less of like a whole day where like mm-hmm. you wouldn't do the picking and everything, which was fine because all I wanted was the donuts. Is Franklin the one that has like a big farmhouse and like a bunch of little rivers running through and antique shops? Yes. Well, they have an antique shop. It, it it's in like a neighborhood. It's, there's a river and a, and it's got yeah. a big wheel. Yeah, it's up yeah, in. Yeah, like I think West that's Bloomfield. the one that my mom and I would go to a lot. Yeah, it was close to. It was like in the suburbs. It was like one of the closer ones. And that one doesn't have um they don't have orchards orchard. that you can walk through and pick, right? right? Right. right. Yep. That's the one that we'd go to. And I blocked it out because there's no orchards. And my favorite thing was picking the apples picking off the, the trees. Apples. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've hijacked your comfort food, Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, I all- had- oh. <laughs> it's all good. I had I couldn't talk about donuts and not talk about cider mill donuts. But I, I 
going to be on the lookout now for Long's Donuts if I'm in, in Indiana. There's one in Indiap- Indianapolis. Yeah, it's like pretty much like downtown Indianapolis. And then there's one in on the south side of Indianapolis. Um, yeah, but like my family, like we go there when we have like bad things happen and good things. And it's always just like it is the, the go to like comfort food. And then mm-hmm. whenever we would do like a, a family reunion or something with my mom's side of the family, it was always like somebody would go and get like four or five dozen like donuts from Long's. And then like in more recent years, like if, if somebody like passes away and there's a funeral, like we go get Long's and have that at the house, like as we're all like going through old photos and things like that. Oh, so it's, it's almost medicinal. Yeah. There's 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 like a a real kind of community element to it, not just not 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 just your personal you know comforts, but this extends to like your it's a family comfort food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, I don't know if this will bring things down, but like a few years ago, my grandma passed away, and my um, like family, like we were all like gathering at my grand grandpa's house and going through old photos and reminiscing and like we would go get longs and and have those there and then like my cousin who had moved to florida like she came into town and she's older than i am and there were several mornings where like her and i would be like okay like we're gonna wake up really early we're gonna go to longs we're gonna like you know spend the day with grandpa we're gonna be here and like her and i stayed at like my grandpa's house for like pretty much a week after after my grandma had passed away like just because he was on his own and my at the time my parents lived like walking distance from my grandpa's house so i would just go over there stay the night and then like in the morning like he would go into work and i would go like i would go back clean up like get do anything i needed to do on the internet like send emails and then go back but like a couple times that week like my uh cousin i would go get go get longs that's that's really cool that I like it. I, I guess that's something that like I didn't have was like a, a like a local shop. Like that's something that and not just for donuts, but like really kind of for any kind of food thing, like something I was always envious of growing up. And like even now as an adult, something that I kind of have been keeping an eye out for. Um, it's the idea mm-hmm. of like a local shop that like you you a reliable go to place like that's that's the dream like Beth we had that briefly with Bluebird um, I know we had a bar <laughs> we had a bar you our name oh. oh wow I I have a place here in Columbus that they used to know my exact like drink order so I'd like oh, come in the and dream. they'd just be like uh, do you want the usual and I'd be like yeah oh the usual oh it no it's great because <laughs> I had a um. There was a drink and draw group that I was a part of when I used oh, to drink live. and draw. I, I oh. lived in this uh, apartment that was like walking distance from this bar and they happened to pick it. And I was just like, yes, like I don't have to drive. I can walk. That means I can drink however much I want. <laughs> and it just got to the point where like we were there every single Tuesday for like almost a year. And like we always had the same waiter and he was it would just like come over and just be like, same thing, usual, like. And he uh, knows you because you're the ones who come with the sketchbooks and yep. you drop and you leave them for the waiter sometimes. It's like on the tip. It's like, <laughs> here's a couple of dollars and also a little piece of art. I want it so bad. 
<laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there, Beth. Remember, that's part of your art, friends. <laughs> Incredible. You're just making us jealous with your good donuts and your usuals. My drink and draws. Your cartoon, well, like the well, mid-season plot, is that Grandma passes away, and and the family all comes together. And she, oh, and you're I idyllic, say, God dude. bless us, everyone, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get to if you're if you're gonna end up helping me at Gen Con, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get to experience Long's Bakery. I want to be so weird. <laughs> I want to be like, please like me. It's like so sweaty. <laughs> It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm going to uh, look like a glazed donut. <laughs> it's fine. It's a convention. Everyone looks like a glazed donut. Perfect. Make sure you get enough to trade to other vendors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. In case they know what I have as I know. walk through the exhibitor hall with a plain white box. Ha- have a dummy <laughs> box. Switch out, switch it out for a different color box. <laughs> that, so that you that's don't the get... one I'm going to give Beth. <laughs> oh, so I that, hope there's like, something weird like baby hedgehogs or ducks in there. <laughs> you can put whatever you want in there. I'll let that oh, be Don't give thing. me that power, dude. <laughs> Bees. I just want to see how creative you get with it. Oh, God, the wheels are turning. <laughs> I went away. I went someplace else just now. I was like, Beth, no, you can't put live frogs in the box. That's too weird. It has to be something that delights people and also uh they don't want. Like, no, I think people. live frogs would fall into that category. Yeah. Depending yeah, they, on the frogs. And it de- I don't want to hurt them. Uh, that's fair. That's true. You got to think about I the frogs. I don't want anything that I would hurt. Uh I could definitely talk about donuts all day, but we should move on to Beth's comfort food as well. That's fine. Donuts (laughs) are better than mine. (laughs) We should talk. We got to talk about it, though. It's a show. Uh, You chose buttered noodles because I told you you could not choose mac and cheese. You already had a bunch of mac and cheese. And mac and cheese is not my number one. Buttered noodles is. It's buttered noodles. (laughs) What is buttered noodles to you? Noodle pasta was the first thing I ever learned how to cook on my own. And uh, I suppose flavorings came later because what you do is you just make a little bit of spaghetti and then you pull a little knob of butter in there and bada bing, bada boom, you're an adult. Yeah. So uh, butter noodles just became like an easy go to for a long time. Just just noodles were my favorite food. Um that's so white girl. That's so boring of me. But what's cool about butter noodles is that there are so many variations of butter noodles that you can enjoy for your entire life. Just spaghetti with salted butter. Great. Angel hair pasta. Angel hair bird's nest pasta with butter and a little bit of like uh, spinach in there. Mix it all together. We'll get a little, little taste. In college, what we used to do is we'd go out partying, get drunk, come home make a spot of butter noodles add some chives and some garlic on there a little bit of soy sauce what great sound really good yeah everybody can enjoy a butter noodle i'm gonna make a uh wild overgeneralization. feel free to make fun of me would you say that butter noodles are like oh i don't even want to say this oh his skin is crawling <laughs> what is this gonna be 
would you <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> I'm, i regret even bringing it up because it's a bad question and me as now me as an interviewer i'm like no be better <laughs> don't be better come to our level yes. would you uh say that butter noodles are like a blank sheet of paper that you can then <gasps> add to and oh. create your art on top of it's like a fundamental thing like drawing with a pencil limitless now my skin's crawling (laughs) (laughs) i know it sucks doesn't it (laughs) gretzel butter is my lead (laughs) and the pencil shavings are my chives don't i feel like we we mentioned butter in an episode of your art friends the first episode dude yeah we told everybody to cover their faces in butter and that was an important part of the creative process spoilers (laughs) (laughs) get yourself some butter noodles and just Dunk just, your face. Just in. dunk your face. Yeah. In. Do you know what I used to do? That's terrible. That's not terrible, but it's not good. You it, you ever? Hey guys, you ever buy basil but dried in a shaker? Not for a very long time. Exactly. Well, when you were uh, eleven years old, white girl in Metro Detroit, that was spices. Oh yeah. And so I would make butter noodles, and I would shika shika a little bit of dried basil into the butter noodles, and I would think, Emerald Lagasse, bam! <laughs> Beth, you made pesto. I made pesto. <laughs> did you also say it was spicy? Like I did. Guys, I, I had the most sensitive baby palate. You're a this spice is another reason I love now, butter though. noodles. What's that? You do spice now, though. You're like I know. I, this is surprising. That was by oh. conscious effort. You you built up spice over time. I absolutely you were, did. Yeah, you were butter noodles were were like a necessity exotic. at one point. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh yeah. Basil on my butter noodles was was exoticism. Exoticism. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even just like if you said the word spicy into my ear, my tongue my tongue would burn. I was so sensitive. And my mom's the same way. So of course, like you you always uh, mirror what your parents sure are. Yeah. Um. And my dad told me one time when I was young that he had had. Thai food that was so spicy that it hurt until halfway through the meal and then at that point it just became the most delicious thing he had ever eaten in his life and I could not conceive of how that would be possible because like even even just the littlest hint would set my fire out my ears Mm -hmm. um and so in college I decided you know what I want to travel you know what I want to go outside of the United States of America and if I'm going to do that and do it up right, I need to be able to eat more than just butter noodles. And so I started uh, forcing myself to to order mild instead of no spice. <laughs> and I would I would diligently eat it and tell myself it was good. And guess what? It worked. And then I would order medium and diligently eat it and tell myself it was good very slowly over the course of years. And nowadays, I'm the one in the food chat being like, hell yeah, hot sauce, buy this, buy that, yeah. add a little bit of Szechuan chili crisp in here, great. Add a little gochujang in there, hell yeah, dude, I'm all about it. And so now like Japanese, Korean spices, I'm getting a little bit into like real Chinese cooking, mm-hmm. but mostly it's Korean stuff nowadays that I'm like, yeah, make my noodles sing. I had that experience that your dad had with Thai food, with Korean food, when we got yeah. spooned by age, where it was the spiciest, most inhumanly hot thing I have ever eaten in my life. And we did not order anything that said spicy. Really? Yeah. Damn. And but I don't I don't have that great of a spice tolerance. It was so fucking spicy. 
but it was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life, like far and away. This is a, a since closed uh, Korean restaurant in L.A. Uh, the chef is is um, had to close during COVID, but is going to reopen in a new form. We've we've learned recently, which is exciting. Um, nice. One of the best meals ever. Uh, but a long way from butter noodles. Uh, you, you've you've come, but still, do you still make them? Do you still like? Will you make butter noodles as an as an adult now, a grown now, person and a, and and a bit of a foodie, if I can be so bold? I have become a foodie. That has become an important part of my life. Um, and yeah, I do still make butter noodles, not frequently, but when you ask, what's your comfort food? Mm-hmm. Just recently, uh, I, this is so dumb. On a lark, I was like, canned spinach. I'm going to invest in some canned spinach. Let me just get unusual. What? I think, I, like, halfway through college, I learned that, like, canned food sometimes is bad for you because the can has metals and the metals could, I don't know, some some mobo jobo some, something. Yeah, mid-late 2000s health. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I stopped buying canned food. But growing up, I loved canned spinach. Um, and I think purposefully because I wasn't supposed to. I was one of those dinguses where it's like, hey, kids aren't supposed to like reading in spinach. So I was Girl. like, I do. <laughs> um, did you watch Popeye? I did watch Popeye. That but is did, good did marketing. I hope, and did I hope that it would make me strong yeah. like a sailor? I did. Yeah. For did sure. It? absolutely not i am i have buttered noodle arms anyway (laughs) the other thing i ate is what uh, i ended up becoming but i loved spinach growing up and just recently i bought a can of spinach um and i i just i out of the lark was like you know what sounds good butter noodles and spinach it's just a little heat up thing that i used to do when i was a kid put it together gressel was like what's your comfort food and like that's what came to mind because it it was uh like a staple for me in so many ways growing up and just recently i i just started making it a little bit but periodically through my life like every five years it becomes something that i return to in a different way i'm gonna make a a wild assumption uh and you can tell me if i'm way off base the spinach is like introducing charcoal to the collection of <laughs> mediums that I use. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of in that same vein. This, I, I'm, I can't believe I'm being such a bad interviewer to you, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just feel bad. But um, is like the growth aspect, the the like learning aspect that like butter noodles kind of introduced to your life, or the way that you described it, anyways, that it kind of introduced to your life. Is that part of it? Is part of the reason why you uh, came back to this and when you thought about uh, it as a comfort food, um, is that like journey to like other things part of it? It has to be. Yeah. But what's kind of cool about butter noodles is that they're still really good. Yes, for sure. And you go back to like Ho-Oh's or Pop-Tarts or uh, sun-kissed soda, Ooh. pop, as we like to refer to it Thank you. in my native tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and those things don't taste good to me anymore. No. Like so many so many things that I used to crave when I was a kid, I return to now and I'm like, a Snickers, is this kind of chalky? And I'm oh, disappointed yeah. by mm-hmm. how chalky candy bars 
are to me. A Chips Ahoy cookie? Disgusting. Disgusting. And I, I don't know if they have gotten worse in quality over time or if i've just experienced more things in my life to have a palate that's that's more interested in in uh homemade flavors mm-hmm. or what's going on but one thing that is lovely and that does uh bring me comfort is that butter noodles always taste good it's good are the butter noodles the foundations of like of food like foundations of art like you got to learn your anatomy and you got to learn oh. your perspective and the the Val- boring things before you can line. break the rules. Mhm. Yep. Butter noodles is the baseline, the entry level. Yeah. It's the fun- foundational drawing skills of butter noodles. <laughs> I mean it kind of is. I-, I do think that that's a lot of people's first things that they learn to cook would be mm-hmm. butter noodles because it's bo- it's boiling and mixing. Boil water it's not, and time. Yeah. It's it's not a it's something that I think young kids can do. Grilled cheese, fried egg, butter noodles. Yeah. A lot of those first uh, experiences with it. I love a first boyfriend who cooks you omelets because he's real proud. That's the only <laughs> thing he can cook. <laughs> oh, I love a man who's proud of his omelets. An omelet <laughs> is not easy. Well, you're, an omelet that Gressel makes is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the like... The spinny um, I have oh, tornado. I haven't no. been able to do the tornado. I God knows I have tried. I have not <laughs> I been able to pull it off. I came I've gotten across... pretty close with the Omu flop. Yeah. Um, but I have not been able to get the tornado. I came across a uh, a TikTok that was like how to do that. And I sent it to Beth because she had told me that like you guys had a little like competition to see like who could basically do it first or like Yes. Our, our our my our buddy Mark and I are are in a uh, a kind of Ford and Chevy rivalry. In a way. <laughs> Have you talked are about this group chat on any... out of it? <laughs> what what a low stakes film! <laughs> the most low stakes. <laughs> I'd watch it though. Have you talked about that that group chat on any of your podcasts? I don't, I don't know. If, I think I've mentioned it. Just that we have one. It must have been on on. We must have talked about it in Nick's. Uh, it must have come up that we have yeah. that like we I, in our like group of friends we do have a, a chat um, a group chat completely devoted to food. I um, think I remember you Town. mentioning it. Yeah, Flavor Town. Flavor Town. And it is the the best place on the internet <laughs> on fun, my internet anyway. Fun fact about Flavor Town: there was a serious petition that went around in 2020 to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavor Town. I remember because this. Of Guy Fieri. I didn't realize it was Columbus. Yep. Did you sign it? Uh, I forget if I did. I Maybe, probably, because it was funny. <laughs> Say yes. Speaking of food, I am just going to run and check on my braise real fast. Talk wow, amongst dude. yourself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's adorable. Speaking of the whole pop and soda thing, my family yeah. was a Coke family. Like, we just refer to all sodas as coke really up. except for sprite because that was the one like different one because it okay, was like the clear soda yeah but like the, it about, makes no sense i know um is your family southern originally or have you guys all come from the the rust belt uh my dad is from south bend indiana which is ironically northern indiana huh yeah 
And Do you have my, any idea where that came from? Because I've I never heard no of anybody idea. in our region referring yeah. to it as Coke. Yep. It was real weird. Yeah. And it was something that, like, in college, I was like, oh, this is this is not a normal thing. And I, like, changed how I referred <laughs> to, like, pop and soda. Like, I, I just call it soda now. But growing mm-hmm. up, like, all soda was Coke in my family. Uh, Crystal's back. I am. How's We're your braise? It's good. It's very good. So is it brown? It is. Nice. So <laughs> is it hot? Hot, hot and brown. <laughs> but it's not a hot brown. What? A hot brown is a, uh, a, a, a type it's of uh, open face sandwich. sandwich. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I want to know things before people say them. And it's the worst part about knowing me. <laughs> Let's let's uh, I love butter noodles. Butter noodles are great. What's not to like? It's starch and fat. It's, it's the perfect. Best. Yeah. It's not good for you. I don't no. eat it often because I feel guilt about only eating carbohydrates without uh, anything else. But sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need it. Yep. All the time you need carbohydrates. But sometimes I, you need butter noodles. Do you know what I'm saying? I love noodles in general and especially pasta i beth knows i've been watching a lot of survivor um and uh in the early seasons of survivor they have a they they often have a reward challenge where they do like an auction and it often includes food items or there will be a like do well on the challenge and the better you do the better food reward you'll get Mm -hmm. and a lot of times there will be a plate of spaghetti as a reward and people don't treat that as the best reward and it blows my mind. Like, yeah, I would rather have a giant plate of spaghetti any day, every day, and especially after being on an island for 30 days than a steak. What's going to be more satisfying Mm -hmm. in the long run? You're going to have so much more energy the next day from the spaghetti. For sure. Mm -hmm. People are over here like an ice cream sundae, my oh dream. My God. Bitch, move over. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I don't think there's any dessert I've had that I would choose over a plate of spaghetti. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I've I've stumped the Long's, panel. Long's donuts might be close for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. But 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 that's it. <laughs> like just really close. And I feel like it depends on the spaghetti. Because if it's like it's that real watery sauce, like oh, that's, nah. that's true. or like that, like that, like a, a diner spaghetti, school, or the like school spaghetti, like nah. I nah. liked school spaghetti. It was garbage and awful, and it nah. tasted bad. But I, I would it. always skip spaghetti day, like nah. It, I which bad, and it tasted bad. I still like that. I don't know what's wrong. Sucker for the noodles. Um, uh, let's let's move on uh, uh, to the pop culture comfort foods. We're we're getting close to an hour, and we uh, have already talked so much about the food. Is the best part of this? Maybe I should just change the show and only talk about the food. I thought yeah. that like the pop culture part would be like a draw to get people to listen to it, but at meh, I think that it's it's more people. You know, people like talking about the food that they like, and I think. 
you know, we all spend so much of our time, especially those of us who like work in kind of pop culture fields talking about pop, pop culture already. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a fan of, of uh, as a listener, uh, I will say I do enjoy the pop culture side of, of comfort foods. Well, good. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> But I also might be an outlier because I'm the weird person who like doesn't skip the ads because I, I don't just want to like pick up my phone. So it usually just sits there and plays through <laughs> the ads. I also listen to the ads usually. Um, Depends on the show. It does depend on the show. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's uh let's get into them. Uh, uh, Andrew, I think we will start with you once again. Um, you chose and and I I. I'm not I was a little bit surprised because I was expecting really I was expecting both of you to pick anime. I was I was close, but then I thought about it more and I was just like, I don't really watch anime when I've had like a bad day. That I was gonna ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh you chose How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, it's so good. And I was gonna ask if this is like an actual like comfort movie, because it's it's a quick 90 something minute you know, good, tight movie. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I was going to ask you, is this something that, like, how often do you throw this on? Less often now than I used to. In college, there was a good year and a half that it was my go-to, like, I got to stay up real late to do this project. And I would just put How to Train Your Dragon on. Like, I probably watched it, like, over 20 times, like, in the, the course of, like, my sophomore year. Wow, and I've I've seen it, you know, more times since, but I don't put it on like every time I work late and mm-hmm. and 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 stuff like that. But yeah, it was one of like several movies that I would put on, but that one specifically I would usually put on first. To, to put it on while you're working, do you do you find it? I mean, comforting, obviously, but is is it pure comfort or is there any part of it that's inspiring to you? Like, do, is it motivational? Pick a journey. The score is really good. It is a good the score. The score is amazing. I will put the score on when I work sometimes now. Oscar nominated um, score. Yeah. And then that movie should have won best animated so picture. It's a it's good. a crime that it didn't. It's what won so that? Good. Something dumb like It was like Big Hero 6, I think. Cuz I was real mad about it. I was so mad about it. It's the best up to that point. It's the best animated film. It was so good. And like the second one too, um, the the music from the second one, the song like Where No One Goes, I think is the title of the song. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, Where No One Goes. That was right. Boom. But that one was like that song is just like I still have that song on an iPod shuffle that I use when I like go on a run <laughs> with like an old ass iTunes like playlist on it. Um, and like I, I think one thing I really liked about Hiccup specifically is just like, like, I mean, I know it's a trope of like, okay, you have the character who's like, you know, not the ideal like hero person mm-hmm. and then they like grow into it. But it was cool to see it where it was like he, he nothing about him really changed. It was the perceptions of everyone around him that changed that made him the like, yeah. hero. Because he was always the inventive, like, right, yeah. kid and who would, like, make these weird contraptions and, like, 
be like, yeah, I caught a dragon. And they'd just be like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're scrawny. Like, go away. And, yeah. and then, like, by the end of the movie, they were like, oh, like, his way is the way that's going to, like, help us and save the day. That's a good point. It's not really... Yeah. The journey, I guess, isn't really his. It's it's like the town. It's his mm. community, really, is the one who goes on the... the who really changes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know... He, he gets more confident, I suppose, or whatever. But like, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting. I never really thought about it. I I yeah. loved the movie when I first saw it. Because one of one of my favorite things about pretty much all the How to Train Your Dragon movies, I not entirely one hundred percent on the third one. If they do this in this in the third one, but in each in the first and the second one, they do this where at the very beginning, a character says a line that like means one thing at the beginning, and then it changes the meaning at the end so in the first movie um they they they're they're telling hiccup like hey like stop being this and they like gesture like that to him and he goes but you just gestured to all of me like Mm -hmm. you just told me to stop being me and then by the end stoic his dad is just like oh like this is what we needed and he's like you just gestured to all of me Mm-hmm. And I really love that they like do that like whole full circle thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the second one, they do it again with the alpha where like at the very beginning, Stoic says something along the lines of like a uh, chief protects his own. And then at the end, they change it to like the alpha protects his own or whatever, because that's when Toothless becomes like the new alpha of the mm-hmm. dragons. And I've always loved that about how to train your dragon is like they have this saying at the, this line at the beginning that they repeat at the end or like slightly change at the end that has like a different meaning in different context. There's something remarkable about that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the context shift mm-hmm. and the acknowledgement that like you can believe in something and you can stand for something and allow that thing to change over time. And that's OK. And it's supposed to be that way yeah. as you grow. Yeah. I And that. That's kind of echoed in just their whole community, right? Like they lived this whole way mm-hmm. and then it totally changes. Like they get some new information and they change their whole <laughs> perspective. Like right. imagine that. Right? These these are good movies. They're, they're, they, they're so good. Yeah. So good. The third one, maybe not as good as the other two, but the first two, amazing. I don't know if I ever saw the third one. Although I feel like we've had this discussion. Like my wife and I, when we're, when we're trying to like decide what to watch, we will come across that and be like, we watch this or not? And we can't remember. Neither of us can remember if we've actually watched it. The first one, I missed it in theaters, but but so I saw it when it had like a bunch of buzz when it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is this is such a great, you know, movie, whatever. I did not expect it to live up to the hype. I was like, oh, it's a DreamWorks movie. It's going to be very Shrek like it's going to (laughs) be like because this is this is after Kung Fu Panda and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had very, very low expectations, but it is not like those. It's the best story about adopting a cat. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Um, I think another thing, too, that I really enjoyed from it is like, I also liked the realness of like Hiccup not getting out of, you know, the last fight in the first one against that like crazy huge dragon. Like, he doesn't get out of it unscathed. And mm-hmm. part of me really liked that. And I don't know if it was, like, looking back now as, like, you know, a, a, a full adult, like, looking back, I'm like, was it because I was diabetic and, like, 
my pancreas didn't work and then hiccup like lost his leg and so then he had like the the uh like peg leg or the like really advanced peg leg that he ended up making like is that like my insulin pump where it's just like <laughs> this 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 thing that is artificial that helps me like get by that's really cool that's do you want to know a really nerdy thing that i did I yes think, in college related to how to train your dragon 100 percent I'm fairly certain if you were to go back into the deep, dark depths of my Tumblr, you would find there's like a post that is basically an essay on like why How to Train Your Dragon is amazing. (laughs) And I lay out like all these points. And I remember being like so specific and being like, oh, I love that they, you know, like there's a a line that they say at the beginning and then they say it again and it's (laughs) under different context and it's means something different and like just like i i remember spending like so long writing that and i was talking about it to somebody in the last year and i like spent a good like 45 minutes one day like scrolling through my phone like on my (laughs) tumblr trying to find it and i could not find it oh no like like i went back and i saw like tumblr think it was pornography because you loved it so hard it was just so (laughs) explicit it was so explicitly raw. They said, Yahoo said no. This is a hardcore review. Oh my God. <laughs> and just like your art friends, this is now a horny podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I, I just think I, I I just think I posted it so far back that like I just it, I would have had to keep scrolling for probably another like 30, 40 minutes. That would have been what, like twenty ten? maybe maybe like 2011 something like that but i was like it already took me like 45 minutes to get to like 2015 2016 because i would just retweet like gifts or not retweet uh repost that was the tumblr phrase right back in back in my day um that was like i would just repost like gifts from like tv shows that i liked i i if you find that we will uh, tweet it out for everybody. I'm going to read. read it first. I'm going to read it first and see if I'm going to be too embarrassed to share it. I have the biggest crush on Esther. I think she is so cute. You mean Astrid? Yes. I I took a swing and I ask for your respect and uh, forgiveness. Nope. <laughs> Let's talk about K-dramas. Yes, let's. So I fully expected uh, to be sent some sort of uh, anime of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, was not. You said K-dramas. I did. Anime is formative. I love me some anime. And for comfort and just enjoyment, I read a lot of manga. But honestly, I don't watch a lot of anime. I'm very, sel- I'm very selective about the anime that I consume. Uh, but... If if you hear that Beth Radloff is watching a K-drama, ask her if she's okay, because she's not. <laughs> that, that might be the core of what I really want this show to get at. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> like when you're not okay, how do you cope? How do I cope? <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, I binge watch K-dramas, and they're so, they're such candy to consume. Um, where should we start? Well, at the beginning, <laughs> I 
I had no experience with K-dramas other than you uh, talking about them casually and passing in our friendship. I don't know what my impression of them kind of was. I guess I was kind of, because like I've seen some Korean movies, but like K-pop's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I guess I kind of just made some assumptions that like they would be um, very melodramatic and serious. Um, but you, you suggested that, uh, I said, what, well, you know, what, what should I watch as, uh, what should I watch to like get a sense of, of, of what it is so that we can talk about it. Um, and, and the one that you suggested was. It's okay to not be okay. Right. Okay to not be okay. And I watched the pilot episode and then I messaged you privately oops I think I love this <laughs> <laughs> and I need to warn you because it's okay to not be okay is the best K-drama okay it is that, my favorite you, you sent one me the Mad Men it, of K-drama it's the Mad Men of K-dramas um, it does it all right there's one subplot one romance subplot near the end that I'm like I could do without but I don't hate it uh, but besides that it, it, it's very good to the point that my husband, it's the only one that he has ever agreed to watch. I also sent you Strong Girl Bong Soon, which is perhaps a better representation of uh, what, you, what you're getting into when you enjoy a K-drama. Because where It's Okay Not to Be Okay understands like the language of the K-drama and all of the tools that those shows have at their disposal to tell a story and uses them in a very creative, beautiful way. Uh, put together way strong girl bong soon is like cool i'm gonna use every color in the box and it's gonna be whiplash for an audience member because <laughs> strong girl bong soon will first off oh my god i just i can, i could talk for an hour about the bananasness that is all of these shows um number one k-drama stands for korean drama a drama is just a story so you get everything from like uh romantic comedies to like zombie murder stories to uh scrubs but korea like it's just media and some of them are soapy like soap operas are and some of them are like good shows like mad men uh so like anything you get a a wealth of experience however one thing that does link all k-dramas so far as i can tell the ones that i've been exposed to through through the gift of netflix is that they're always or almost always 99 percent of the time a one season long story that has a beginning, a middle and an end. And then once you finish the season that you're done, everybody applauds. It's the end of the show and you move on to a different show, which I love because then I can just close the book on on this. I've enjoyed that story. Now I can keep going with my life. And American TV shows are like, we might get another season. So we're going to set up some stuff and then make you feel weird at the end because we never got renewed. It's, fuck you, I guess. Uh, K-dramas will never tell me to fuck myself, unless it's Meteor Garden, in which case that one told me to fuck all the way to the moon, and I'm still mad about it. Anyway, <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, Media Garden right. or Meteor Garden? Meteor Garden, which is a, a Chinese drama, so I didn't include it. But, like I said, uh, Korean dramas, yes, each season of a show is a beginning, middle, and end, concludes, it's done. Uh, Another thing, 
they're very the episodes are very long they're at least an hour long sometimes they're like an hour 40 and you're like why and i don't know they're so long another thing there's always scenes in the romantic dramas where the male lead and the female lead stare at each other for way too long oh my god oh my god it was the most (laughs) seductive thing i've ever seen I, I could not believe how, just how, like, indulgent. Like, like I've never <laughs> been the kind of person, I don't think this is going to surprise anybody. I've never been the kind of person to be like, yes. But, like, <laughs> but that's all this show is. Uh huh. Every single shot was like, just, just, you're too I, beautiful to not be kissing. You're staring at each other. And, like, it's not even the, like, American thing that, like, they'll do where, like, they slowly start to get closer together. It's just like, no, they're Mm going to be fractions of an inch uh, apart from each other or miles away. But they're not going to move at all. And we're just going to hold, cut back and forth for three minutes. And there's, like, 13 (laughs) different angles of this this face-off. It was like a two-day shoot. Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know why. Every show has it. Um, oftentimes it comes at the end of the episode and then they do the credit sequence, which is my least favorite part of a K-drama where they freeze frame and then they put like bokeh effects and soft lighting everywhere. And then they just like show you other shots from the episode to music and there's no credits, like no words over top of it. And then the episode's over and you're like, okay, that was weird. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I love it so much. It was a fascinating thing to watch. It was um, unlike anything I had ever really seen. I, I I messaged you and I said, I have no idea what's going on, but I feel mm-hmm. like it could do anything and it's beautiful. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Korean dramas across the board are always colorful and they're shot like magazines. I think... I think sometimes the actors are very bad, but I can't tell because I'm not Korean. Yeah, I have um, that question. Yeah. yeah. It's okay not to be okay. The actors are fantastic. Other shows, eh, 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 but they're very good looking and the camera likes to um, show every angle of their body in their model poses. And so like each shot is a painting. It is aesthetically a gorgeous experience to enjoy a K-drama. Um, and they're... Often so bad. Uh, <laughs> it's okay not to be okay is a huge exception to this. It really, it really knocks it out of the park. It's very good at what it does. Uh, but oftentimes you got a lot of like men grabbing women's wrists and pulling them into weird situations. It's just like the sexism is there, man. Uh, there's one called Familiar Wife, which is about a guy who hates his wife. And so he like goes back it's magic he goes back in time and changes his life so that he never meets his wife uh and then he's sad because his wife was actually cool and then he he's sad but then like his wife and ends up working with him when she's not his wife and she's like wait so you didn't want to be with me and that's why you changed the history. Well, then in that case, I'm better than your old shitty version of me, wife. I'm going to go back in time and make sure that we are together. But in a way <laughs> that... Uh, that's not the lesson. 
Exactly. And you're right. No, it's not. It's the worst show. I'm so mad at it. I watched every single episode. <laughs> I K dramas be another reason like because they're so long, they're really easy to use as that like sleep procrastination thing. Oh, I've God. had many nights where I just refuse to go to bed and then I watch just, you know, an episode and a half of a K drama and it's four hours. <laughs> it's been four hours. Oh my gosh. But I have to finish the episode. So they're like, it's an unhealthy relationship I have with these shows. But then once in a while, man, we all have stuff where it's bad. It's the Twitter. We scroll, we scroll, we scroll. It's all trash, trash, trash. And then you find a diamond. Then you find something that's so funny or so interesting. It's like, I'm, I'm a revolutionary. I have done it. The dopamine hit when you find one that's, that's great and it's okay not to be okay comes along and is like, hey, I'm a good show. I'm like an, a middlingly good show. It's it. This is why we do it. This is the drugs. <laughs> this is the drugs. Yeah. So your your um the comfort aspect then of these is there is a there's a there's a chasing the dragon a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, pardon the the expression chasing the dragon but like because these are korean dramas i don't come into these shows with expectations that i do with american shows because i work in hollywood i work in advertising i understand a lot of the behind the scenes of how these shows get made yes um and i also understand like from a writer's perspective what the structures are often with these stories and so yeah. they can often be predictable um in a way that's like not not they don't excite me but when it comes to Korean dramas, they're not super predictable. Like I said about Familiar Wife, that's not the lesson yeah. that you're supposed to be telling. What the hell? Yeah. And there's part of that that's that's like exciting to engage with because I don't come to the show with all of all of the known experience. I don't see the matrix when yeah. I watch K dramas. I felt the same way I that I I had the exact same thought of like I don't I don't know the structure I I don't know mm -hmm. the I I don't have I don't know the, if this character is going to be important or yeah. if they're going to die in the same episode. I don't know if there's going to be magic or not I don't know yeah. if like like the it's so weird like the cinema cinema cinematographic language of that show made me think that it was going to do things because if in to read mm -hmm. it in American was like this is a fantasy show, mm -hmm. but but at least so far in that first episode, it's not really like well, there's not like overt magic, but like, um, at least in that first episode, there could be. Who knows? It's <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a it's a wild wild thing to have that experience uh, of of yeah experiencing something completely different like that, um. It, I guess in a way it wasn't completely dissimilar from like me having the uh, complete expectation that How to Train Your Dragon was going to be Kung Fu Panda and then it wasn't. You know, mm -hmm. like playing against those expectations are so fun when discovering new media, but I'm, these aren't my comfort foods. Like, um, is, is playing against expectations, like 
you you keep seeking out new K dramas. You're, yeah. you're you're going to new things for comfort. Uh, Andrew, you are going back to the same thing over and over again. Um, and I just think it's interesting to kind of contrast those two um, approaches to to comfort in media. Um, yeah. And and I I I just want it because like Beth, you mentioned like the sleep procrastination and stuff which I'm also guilty of. Um, and uh, Andrew, how do you use How to Train Your Dragon for comfort? Like you've mentioned before that you would put it on while you're working and stuff, but like, is it something that now as an adult at this point in your life, is it more background or do you like actively engage with it since it is something you go back to over and over again? I think it depends. Uh, like the last time I watched it was probably like mid-pandemic. Sure. Um, or like early, so like maybe like early summer ish last year, and I think for me at that time it was like it, it the pan like that point was very rough for me, and so that was like okay, I want to watch something that's comforting that kind of you know get that escapism of like you know this different world and this other like get just to get away from it all, um, and I think. I tend to turn to it now more when it's like I have a really like bad day or like struggling with something um, or if um, or sometimes, you know, like you'll just be in a mood where you're like, oh, I just want something like comforting that like I like I used to watch all the time. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's like I used to listen to a podcast called Gilmore Guys and they talked about Gilmore Girls being this like warm blanket of a TV show. Yeah. And I feel like that is how to train your dragon for me. It's like this warm blanket of like, just like, mm, like, mm -hmm. just going to cozy up on the couch and watch me some how to train your dragon. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean with the, a warm blanket thing. Yeah. That's, it's interesting that, that, um, just the differences in, in, yeah. Meanwhile, what, I yeah. just want to disassociate. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get Beth so is like far chaos. out of my own brain. Yeah. <laughs> that I recognize nothing around me. Just the threads the of language. the blanket just come apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will boy. I will say one new piece of like media that I consumed over the last year that I've gone back to several times now that could potentially become like a comfort food media would be like she-ra like oh, the yeah. dreamworks she-ra mm -hmm. and the princesses of power like that one was just like so good and i loved like the colors and the animation um there yeah. were even parts of it where i was like oh like because i started making a comic during the pandemic to kind of like work through how i was feeling and the comic spoiler alert is about depression and anxiety and uh, there were parts of She-Ra that I was like, oh, like, I love this so much. I want to put an Easter egg of like, I want to use that pose or that, you know, camera angle that they did and and look at it through like the filter of like my artwork um, and put that into the comic. She-Ra ended up being a big influence on D&D. &D. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. For sure. I loved it. It, it really... Um unlocked thinking about uh things a certain way for me and like i was very bummed when there was no more of it <laughs> yeah 
Um, I I well, I rewatched it leading up to last season, which came out that right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it, yeah. But then I haven't uh, I haven't watched it. Went back and watched it since. But I told yeah, I I completely agree with you. Like that one is yeah, that is a warm blanket show for sure. That is yeah. just good feelings yeah like i just love i think it's like the last like two episodes of the entire series and it's Mm -hmm. like that two-parter like Mm -hmm. i've put that on several times just those last two episodes like over the course of the last like eight nine months yeah it's just good 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 stuff yeah yeah i love that show that that i i i feel the same way i feel like that one's gonna be one that that sticks around i also just really want Catra's uh maroon tuxedo. Like, I <laughs> from want Princess that. From? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that is like the tuxedo that I want. Like, just give me that. That is a look. That look is a, a sharp look. Catra yeah. and Princess From for sure. Yeah. Beth is Googling. <laughs> yeah. Beth is holding her tongue about Shira. <laughs> I'm good. I can be good. <laughs> Are you not a fan? I can be good. <laughs> so correct. She looks great in this maroon outfit. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a couple episodes. I couldn't get into it. I do not uh I I do not claim that it is good or bad. Fair. I think if I had given it more episodes, I might have been able to get into it, but I didn't, and that's where I'm at. I think it's important to when having these kind of conversations like that. To not jump all over people who don't like things that you like. Yep. You know, it's fine that Beth doesn't like She-Ra. Exactly. Uh, I, don't, I don't actively dislike She-Ra. Yeah, but like I'm not interpreting that that passive non-engagement as hatred. And I think oh, that yeah, people yeah. do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or taking it as like a personal slight against right. yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. don't like this thing that I like? How dare you? You're the worst. Like, yeah. no. No. <laughs> nah. Turns yeah. out friendship uh, is about respecting and trusting each other's uh, point of views. Yeah. Ah, who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just about butts. <laughs> Speaking of friendship and butts. <laughs> Hey. Thank you for the wow. perfect segue, Andrew. <laughs> wow. Uh, your Art Friends is going to premiere, uh, or has premiered, depending on when this comes out, or is about to premiere in a couple days. We, we we set the... I produced the show. We set the date, um, and that date is a date in July the 7th? The 8th. The 8th. <laughs> the 8th. <laughs> uh, new... The 7th is your show, dog. What? <laughs> the 7th is your show. I know. Yeah. That's probably That's why your show comes my, out. Are we going to be the stepchild of this podcast network? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> no, you are going to be. Uh... That's why we call you dad. <laughs> oh, boy. Dad. <laughs> We're the first daughter. D&D and D is the first son. We're the first daughter. Yes, you're next in line for the throne. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, new podcast uh, that from Beth and Andrew that uh, I am uh, producing for them. Uh, it is a great, uh, great time. Uh, if you enjoy listening to conversations like this, then you're going to really enjoy your art friends because it's, yeah. it's yep. so much fun. <laughs> it's the same kind of casual vibe discussions about interesting 
interesting topics related to part of me is like maybe we should like talk about something important (laughs) because each episode is just like hanging out having a good time jokey jokies and i'm like was is is should i have a greater purpose no our next episode we're going to talk about something real serious the most serious font that exists (laughs) what is the most serious font well now that's my job (laughs) you have to find the most serious font I'm Andrew's making a big joke. I'm totally joking. Oh, well, now that's an episode topic that's going to go on. (laughs) That's going to go in the calendar. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's a very fun show. I'm really excited to get it out to everybody. Um, It's going to be available wherever you get your podcasts. But hey, you're already on Spotify, so might as well listen here. Um, And uh, it will be uh, on July 8th. Uh, you guys uh, can probably pitch your show better than I can, though. So what do you want folks, uh, D&D listeners, to know about your art friend? You don't have to be an artist to listen. If you're That's just curious important. about, like, you know, how an artist might approach something or think about the world or come up with insane ideas, like a, uh, a bumper sticker that says... Uh, MILF that stands for Man I Love Frogs. Or like, I'm so mad that I didn't come up with it. I know. <laughs> I so uh, yeah. It's it, my favorite parts of our our podcast is just like admiring other people's creativity, and then from that spinning off on ideas that are actually really good, but like neither of us could probably recognize how good our ideas are because they come out of our own heads. Yeah. But we have, something we that's have exciting. Some pretty good ideas, yeah. We have, and uh, listening to you talk about like, uh, if anyone is interested in how creatives ping pong back and forth and, and and come up with funny ideas, I want to know if you listen to your art friends, if the way that we uh, spitball and make jokes is that the same as you, and do you consider yourself an artist or not? Because I would be delighted to find out that there are a bunch of folks out there who don't think of themselves as being creative, who are just like, yeah, obviously, uh, these two ideas go together and they're fun and it's a good it's a good thing. You know, does that make sense? I think so. Mm -hmm. I think I think so many more people are creative than than they realize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 I just I want to invite you to listen to two people who like as a career have decided to be creative and turns out. Maybe not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, my initials are art, so I was like destined to be an artist. So, oh yeah, well your hands were tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I just had I, to do it. I think uh, what's fun is that like you guys are yeah inviting folks into that, so that it's not like you know I don't think many people when they think artist are think um, that. The artists are going to be like, hey, maybe it's you and you don't realize. I think it's going to be like, well, we know something that you don't. But no, you guys are like, come on, come join your art friends. And maybe you're an artist, too. And like, you know, like, let's think about stuff and have some fun and, and you know, an unserious look at serious stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't wait for folks to listen to it wherever they get their podcasts. July 8th, not the 7th. When you're done listening to D&D&D on the 7th. On the 8th, there will be a new show for you. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what else to say. Listen to the show. It's going to be great. It's I've I've listened to it. That is my uh, 
privilege uh, as as the person who who puts them on the internet. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I've listened to two of them at least. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's high praise. Yeah. Russell's a grumpy man. All I need is three minutes of people staring at each other, or <laughs> sixty minutes of people goofing around having a fun time. Dude, they're staring at each other, and she—he's holding a knife that's in her hand, and it's just like cutting into his skin and bleeding down his arm, and she's just oh. dead eye staring into his eyes. It's so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though. It's insane. I, I big recommend. I man, oftentimes it doesn't work, but that one it works, and when it yeah. works, it works. That one works. <laughs> Your face right then, Beth. I wish people could have seen that. (laughs) With the fist pump, too. So, like, so passionate. I love romance. (laughs) We are uh, at time. We could talk forever, I'm sure. Um, But uh, I will keep this to this amount of time, whatever this amount of time ends up being. And uh, we will go. But thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode of Comfort Foods. Tune in to your art friends Thursdays starting July 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, check out Beth and Andrew at their respective places. Where can people find you guys? You can find me at Beth Brad on Twitch Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm live from noon Pacific Standard Time until I stop. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. All Beth Brad. And then you can find me at Schmandrew Art. That's S C H M Andrew Art at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those places. And also schmandrewart.com. And you can follow your art friends at your art friends on Twitter. Yeah, yes. Tweet at your art friends. Please do that. Um, and, uh, and tune in Thursday starting July 8th, 2021. Uh, I I still don't really know how to end these, but we're just going to say thanks. Thanks, Daddy. (laughs) No. Thanks, Daddy. No. Bye, Dad. No. (laughs) Oh, man. This was fun, guys. (laughs) I could send you a picture of what uh, your hair reminds me of right now. Oh, could you, though? Because it's doing some really fun things today. I'll put it in the the Facebook. Oh, my God. The drawing that I did of the donut, but, but upside down. Beth, do that, and, and <laughs> I will buy that shirt. Okay. Or, or poster, or whatever. This is my, like, the thing that yeah. I'm the most excited about when it comes to our podcast is exactly what happened with this little donut. Uh, before I was like, it's going to be a jokey time. And then the more episodes we record, the more we come up with, like, genuinely good, funny ideas of things that we should make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll just be my career. I mean, it, it became mine. <laughs> oh, oh shit dude so. <laughs> oh my god my, my heart just started beating <laughs> or half of it anyways yeah yeah, yeah. alright well uh, thank you to Beth thanks Andrew this was super fun yeah. I can't wait for your art friends uh, to be out in the world uh, and for you to uh, usurp my throne <laughs> <laughs> at more park media so tune in thanks beth thanks andrew thanks everybody uh enjoy your comfort foods and do what's fun you want to say it andrew do what's fun yeah yes do what's fun awesome 
Thanks, everybody. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. It was. D&D is a Spotify-exclusive podcast written and edited by me, James Gressel. D&D&D is performed by Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, James A. Janice, and Chelsea Rebecca.